Welcome to episode 44 of Hello Church. I'm Wade Bearden. And I'm Justin Trapp. And today we're going to be talking about nine ways that you can increase your church's social media influence in 2021. It's going to be a fun episode. It's going to be a fun episode because so much is going online right now. And it's so important to reach people where they are because there are people who might not come to your church because of COVID, maybe you have services, maybe you don't. And so it's a great way. Social media is a fantastic way to reach out, to support, and to connect with your people. So we've got nine little nine little steps we're going to walk nuggets. you through. Little, little yeah, Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets. Walk you through. Little uh, morsels. <laughs> little morsels uh, that will hopefully uh, provoke some ideas yep. and some responses from you as you begin to work through your social media strategy in 2021. Maybe you have social media and maybe you've been using it and so maybe you just take a couple of these ideas to hope, uh, hopefully boost that social media presence and that influence. Yeah, so when we think about social media, when you think about the pages, right, that you interact with on online, mm-hmm. the, the groups, Facebook groups that you interact with, the people that you follow, uh, a lot of times that you check on those people or you 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 check in on those groups, whether you're a lurker or a, a faithful commenter, but you, you check in those almost every day if you're online, right? Mm-hmm. And, and why do you do that? Because it's a habit. Well, well how did it become a habit? Mm-hmm. Well, the people that ran those groups or, or, or ran those profiles, they had some intentionality. And because they posted consistently... Um, or there was themed discussions, right? It was just, it was consistent. You were able to form a habit, and now that habit uh, feeds itself in a lot of ways. They don't necessarily have to do a lot of work. You just will go check it um, without even realizing it. And mm. so that's number one. If you want to increase your social media influence, you need to plan a weekly schedule. Be consistent. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is you want to be consistent because when you can look at social media algorithms and you look at, it's really more about people's habits, human habits. If someone can um, start coming to your church's Facebook group every day, that, that becomes a habit for them. If they see you posting, they see you asking a question, mm-hmm. or they see other people commenting, and they start engaging, it will become a habit. And habits are powerful. Now, what does this look like? We've seen some Facebook groups, right? Yeah. Um, th- and and even blogs, they will theme each day. Each day, yeah. So, like for instance, Monday for your church could be, and this could be on a Facebook group. This could be on your your church profile page, your Instagram. This could be on any platform, any channel, mm-hmm. right? But Monday is a day for Sunday recap. So you can do photos from the service. You can do quotes from the sermon. Mm-hmm. You could post. Uh, the passage uh, f- passage from that that message, but Monday is really a recap day of the weekend mm-hmm. service, and then you hit midweek, right? Yeah, and that's when uh, you're promoting small groups. And we talked about small groups, online small groups, in our previous episode. But that could be something as little as a testimony. Uh, that could be, hey, if you haven't signed up for a small group, uh, check out this page. Uh, that could be something like. Oh, check with your small group leader and make sure you have the the link for this week's or check with your small group leader and make sure you know what you're bringing for food this week. Uh, Those types of announcements I think could be super important and be reminders. And then also during the the midweek, 
that's when you have time to begin posting clips from your message. Mm -hmm. uh, some people do that on Monday, but usually it's a little bit harder after a big day like Sunday to get everything turned around, but clips from your message. And these are great opportunities, and we've talked about this before as well, to help remind your people what you talked about and to help them as they continue to apply what you talked about. So it, you can instruct your video editor to say, okay, I, I want you to find uh, some of the big applications. I want you to find stories. Uh, stories. Stories are powerful. That I've utilized. And you begin to post those throughout the week. So the midweek is really a great opportunity to help people feel connected and also to help them apply what you've been talking about. Because if you just talk about something on Sunday morning and they say, oh, that's great, and they don't apply it, well, then they haven't really utilized or learned from that passage of scripture. So this is an opportunity to reinforce that. And I think uh, whenever you can do that, that, that's a win. Yeah. As you get to Friday and Saturday throughout the week, you, what you want to do is start to do a Sunday push, right? A weekend push if, if you have multiple mm -hmm. services. Uh, and, and, and you want to start... Uh, showcasing, you know, the worship service, what what people can expect uh, through a, a benefit lens. So, hey, join us this weekend for a a a service um, of hope. And you know, re have you uh, tired lately? Join us this Sunday. Mm -hmm. Renew your spirit. Worship with us. Uh, make sure that when you are promoting, you're doing it through the lens of a benefit. Don't don't promote things like, "Hey, just join our services." Make it about the user, the viewer. Make it about their benefit, a spiritual benefit, obviously. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll say something else about that too. Uh, as pastors, we get really excited about new sermon series, and you know, we create sermon series here on Ministry Pass, and so you want to promote those, but at the same time. Make sure that when you promote your sermon series, you're not like, hey, come to our new, you know, come new? to our new sermon series called Jump or Arise. Like they don't care. They, they, don't, they don't know what that means. So you could say, hey, we're starting a new series called uh, Rise Up or Arise or whatever it is. And we're going to be talking about becoming a godly parent or whatever it is that you want to talk about. Make sure you connect that to your people create so they tension say, yeah create tension where they're like wow i you know i i think that i that i need to to learn to be a, a godly father i i feel like i've, I've got to grow in that area i want to check this message out so remember to do that versus being kind of just vague and like yeah just come to this new series because unless there's something there's some sort of connectivity there people just don't get excited about that no they don't uh, number two is interact with your congregation online so here, here's what we mean by that ask questions don't mm -hmm. just post service times or join us for service try to try to uh, ask questions that uh, really produce engagement from your people online you could say what is your favorite worship song I mean you're gonna get a hundred responses right <laughs> and 97 of them will be a good good father mm -hmm. or whatever the the most recent Tomlin song is right um, you could also say what is your favorite scripture verse you could say what is what verse um, has meant the most to you in a low time in your life? You will get some really serious answers. You, you want to ask questions that are what, where, who. Mm -hmm. But you don't want to ask questions that begin with how or why. Mm -hmm. Typically, those, those types of questions really need a more thoughtful and longer response, like why do you believe... <laughs> You know, yeah, 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 yeah. in the Trinity, like goodness, you know, do we have all day on that? Right. Yeah. So ask questions that start with what, like, what is your favorite worship song? 
Who is your favorite preacher? I mean, besides you, Pastor, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, uh, where did you, you know, where did you find your faith? Or, you know, how old were you when you found your faith? I said, yeah. said I said, don't start it with how, but that's really like an easy question. Yeah, yeah. Well, and here's what I'll say in addition. Uh, whenever you craft questions, craft questions in a way that other people will want to see the responses. So for yeah. instance, if, if you were to open up my Instagram feed, half of it is national park related. And I always appreciate when these national park Instagram accounts say, hey, what's your favorite trail in Zion National Park? Or what's your favorite national park in the, the northwest part of the country? And I might not respond to that, but I'm clear. You want to know. And I want to know. What's popular. Yeah, what's popular. So if you're asking people, hey, what's what's the best uh, devotional book you've read? Or what's your favorite worship song that you've heard recently? People can respond. At the same time, people are going to click it and they're going to read through those responses because they want to be resourced as well. Yeah. Number three, and we've already mentioned this a little bit, but post a quote or a scripture from this past message. This is super easy. Anyone can do it. You can use something like Canva. Uh, just take copy and paste the passage from this Sunday, mm-hmm. post it on a pretty background. People love God's word on beautiful backgrounds. It's mm-hmm. just like, it's one of the craziest things. You can look at any, um, if you go to any scripture-based Instagram profile that anyone can create, the, the activity and the engagement is always high when they're just posting yeah. beautiful pictures of scripture. Yeah, and even utilizing, uh, like if you're using Instagram, maybe even helping people utilize collections. So if someone's planning a road trip and they see something, they might add it to a collection in say Colorado or whatever. Um, but another thing that people might do is they might see a Bible verse and they add it to like yeah. a memorization collection. Mm-hmm. And so you can even communicate that. You say, hey, this is the verse we're memorizing as a community add this to a collection so you can keep going back and just like looking at it and memorizing it. So that's kind of it. I haven't seen people utilizing that, um, but I think maybe communicating and talking about collections could be super helpful as you as you think about engagement. Yeah. Uh, number four thing is, and a lot of you may be already doing this, and if you're not, you know, we would encourage you to do so, and it's to upload your Sunday message to a podcast platform yeah. so your people can access your content. And here's why. This makes your sermon content a lot more searchable and a lot more shareable mm-hmm. uh, from your people. So um, make sure that you do that. And speaking of podcasts, I'm just going to jump to number five, Wade, is mm-hmm. create a church podcast that dives deeper into the message background of the scripture, questions about the sermon from the congregation. Mm-hmm. This takes a little bit more work, but this could be really interesting. So, you know, if you're preaching and you have a 40-minute message, but there's so much. I mean, I don't know a pastor who thinks, you know what? I said everything that I needed to today, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? There's a lot left on the editing table, so to speak, and things that you wanted to say. You could do a follow-up, sort of, um, you know, it's like coffee with the pastor from this past Sunday's message, and you can expand, give some background, maybe share a little bit more of that personal story that you weren't able to because just time didn't permit. Whatever the case may be, this can be a great, great idea for your people to really um, connect with you on a deeper level in a lot of ways, on a more personal level, right? Because when you're on the stage and you're preaching and you're theatrical, but if you're on this sort of like coffee setting, right, having a cup of coffee with the pastor and he's talking about the message, it just feels a little bit more personal, Mm -hmm. which only uh, increases your influence. Yeah, I think those are super important. And 
that's something that we've discussed on a previous episode so you can also check that out but i i think that's fantastic and you can have guests come on you know if you have a guest speaker and maybe they share part of their story or maybe they're a missionary you can have them come on and maybe even share different stories on the podcast kind of go deeper in their ministry another thing that you can do uh this is number six you can share videos from your worship team on youtube and um, shorter clips on Instagram. I think this is super helpful. It diversifies your content. It gets people to kind of connect with you. And if you feel like you don't have high quality videos of your worship team, and maybe it's kind of difficult to do that during service, and you're like, oh, all we have is one like static shot, and the feed's not great. Something else that you can do is actually have a worship leader record themselves singing a song or maybe with your team uh, just on the cell phone. And I've I've actually probably watched more of those videos yeah. than I have just like the service official, video. Yeah, than the service yeah. worship parts because it just feels, I don't know, it just feels a little bit different. So even if you are a smaller church and you feel like, okay, in terms of technology, we don't have a lot of that equipment, you can, you can still do that. Yeah, people love uh, watching covers of other songs or oh, maybe yeah. your worship team has an original song. Don't do it. Don't just record like a a, a wide angle version of your service and throw it up on YouTube. Make mm-hmm. it make it feel like content that belongs on YouTube. I mean, Justin Bieber and Shawn Mendes, some of the you know the modern mega artists of, and then you know they're not like worship artists, but but modern artists today have been discovered on YouTube, and mm-hmm. so people like watching that type of content yeah and and just utilize the permissions i know that with like ccli licenses and stuff you can insert that information and it won't get taken down so as long as you kind of do that right i think it could be really great uh the other thing that you can do number seven is utilize the pastor's personal social media as well and i understand probably a lot of you are doing this i've had pastors ask me like should i do this i don't know if i should mingle church and personal people are more likely to trust a person than they are an organization. There are a lot of organizations that have worked really hard to build trust and build a brand that um, you know um, has some longevity to it, but it's a lot easier. The barrier of entry is a lot easier to, to go through a person. So if you're a pastor or you have a team that manages your social media, allow them to use your personal account to post things, um, whatever you're comfortable with, but that is going to, you're going to get traction faster via a personal page than you will some official organizational page and then another thing is create a facebook group for your core volunteers Mm -hmm. and church family you know nona jones she's um i forget her title at facebook but she's a pastor and she works at facebook Mm -hmm. and she is basically said that besides your closest family and your closest friends facebook groups is the second most powerful thing in the algorithm. Mm-hmm. And so if your church is able to create a group that's for your key volunteers or key people at your church, um, that's going to be really, really helpful for you growing your audience uh, and, and growing your influence really mainly. Mm-hmm. And so make sure you do that. And and really we go back to the first point about this, right? If you have a group, just theme out the days. Just have somebody that's over it. You, have, you make sure you have a moderator. But there's a lot of creative things you can do inside a Facebook group uh, that you couldn't normally do, um, you know, just from your church website. And so I think that's going to be actually number eight on here. It might be one of the biggest ways that you can increase your influence this year is by creating a Facebook group for your church. Yeah. And you can even post some things uh, a little bit differently there. You can post small, uh, not small group questions. You could put, post small group questions, but you could also post 
prayer requests and, yeah. and that's a little bit more restricted mm-hmm. uh, or private as a group than just on the page so yeah. that people might be more likely to to talk about you know what's going on in their lives there uh, how they can be prayed for family members etc uh, the last one number nine uh, and this is something small but I don't see a lot of people doing it highlight volunteers on social media so if you have people who are volunteering in the kids department on the worship team in the media department uh, take a picture of them working one Sunday and highlight them. And uh, it increases, I think it increases engagement, and that's good, but it just, uh, it helps to further uh, spread the message that you need everybody, not just people on stage, to uh, to make this thing work. God's kingdom is for everybody. And then it also helps make those volunteers feel special. So number nine, uh, go ahead and do that. And then this is kind of a bonus tip. If you're using something like, Instagram, make sure you set up kind of the link tree. Yeah. So in your bio, uh, in your bio, you can put a website, and that's really one of the few clickable links on Instagram, unless you have a certain amount of followers in the story. But you can have that link, and you click it, and it can go anywhere. Well, a lot of uh, savvy social media accounts will have it pop up with like this tree uh, with a bunch of different links, and it, it could say messages, uh, Facebook group whatever it is, so it's quick and easy instead of taking them just to your main website. So I would encourage you, and that's just, that's the bonus tip. Yeah, Just thinking about that as we we go along, so I figured I'd share that. Yeah, I'll say this about number nine. Uh, When I was a photographer a long time ago, I I was just learning the ropes, right? And I was doing a lot of different, taking a lot of different jobs. And I was just, whatever was my best work, I was putting it up on the site. And then I, I paid a consultant to help me take a look at my site. He'd been in the photography world for 20 years. And he said, Justin, I think you have great work, but uh, you have here a, a portfolio of UFC fighters and you have a portfolio of weddings. Yeah. <laughs> Which do you want to shoot? You know, what is the the ideal client, right? And he said, what, what you need to think in your head is project what you want to attract, promote what you want to attract, project what you want to attract. So you wanted to attract weddings that happened during UFC fights in the <laughs> octagon because that sounds really yeah, awesome. Right? So he was basically saying, if you want to be a wedding photographer, you need to scrub everything else off. If you want to be an athlete photographer, commercial photographer, Mm. scrub the weddings off. Because whatever you project is what you're going to attract. And so I would say here, relating to the highlighting the volunteers, if you want more volunteers, promote more volunteers. Mm. Don't just do post, hey, we need more volunteers. No, promote like, this is Susan. She volunteers in the nursery once a month. We're so thankful for her. Thank you, Susan. Mm-hmm. That's all you have to, you don't have to, it's not self-serving. It's just thanking and promoting. And when people see other people being promoted, you, you are sort of putting that up on a pedestal, right? You're adding value to that. You're adding value to volunteering yeah. without asking for someone to volunteer. So whatever you want to attract, you must first promote and project. So uh, that is tip number nine. We hope you found these helpful. Yeah. Nine practical ways that you can increase your social media influence this year for your church. And uh, I'd love to hear from you. What, you know, what, what are your takeaways? Do you have any tips for other churches? Maybe, you know, we've, we've seen a lot of different case studies this past year of churches doing social media and doing incredibly well. And uh, maybe you have something that you, that you learned 
this past year or maybe a tactic that you use or or you did something in a Facebook group that just went bonkers and your people loved it and your congregation loved it. Whatever the case may be, share that in the comments below or yeah. let us know. You can tweet us or um, reach out, you know, post on uh, on uh, whatever profile you use, hashtag Hello Church Pod, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Next episode. Oh man, next episode is going to be fun. The title of our episode Ooh. is Does Planning Make You a Bad Pastor? Planning your sermons. We, you know, we get comments that's like, plan? Why are you going to plan? Just follow the Holy Spirit. So we're going to be talking about that issue on our next podcast episode, and uh, it's going to be a fun one. Uh, I think the comments of that one will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. We'll see you next time, guys. See ya.